0: guests, time for some action.
1: and fellow Americans. Time for some action.
0: If not, you, if not you, then who? If not now, when? The time is right now. It's time to get up.
2: After a year of debate, protest deal-making Congress has passed a health care reform bill. This is a historic evening. It's hard to
1: believe this measure has actually passed. It's about to become flawed. It's been fought over so intensely. This is what change looks like. Now, as momentous as this day is, it's not the end of this
3: journey.
4: troops have left Iraq. The remainder of the 5,500 soldiers crossed into Kuwait on Sunday, ending nearly nine years of American military presence in Iraq. For the first
1: time in nine years, there are no Americans fighting in Iraq. Michael Bloomberg called the killing of bin Laden a critically important victory for the first time in two decades. Osama bin Laden is not a threat to this country.
0: The values and opinions expressed on the front page do not in any way represent those at Taxi Productions or Radio 3 102.3 KJLH
1: We can do this
0: I know we can because
1: we've done it before No challenge is more urgent No debate is more important The fate of our union is getting slow. I intend to fight obstruction with action. We have a huge opportunity at this moment, but we have to seize it. The opponents of action are
3: out of excuse.
0: This. Oh, is the front page with Dominique de
2: 2.3 KJLH. Good morning. I'm Dominique De Prima, and as I'm approaching the microphone, I'm asking for blessings from God Almighty, the ancestors, the righteous elders, and Southern California's early morning communications drum is now wide open. Welcome, family. Welcome worldwide. Listening online at KJLHradio.com. Starting each and every day with gratitude, I'm giving thanks to the Most High. Giving thanks to Stevie Wonder, who gives us this radio freedom every day. The management and staff of KGLH Radio, the front page team, and the team is on deck this morning. Siobhan Taylor, our intern, uh, activist extraordinaire. Brenda Cadell, I call her the piano lady. She's production assistant and all-around helpful. Abby Bernard, associate producer, imaging. Call him the hardest working man in media. I'm Dominique DePrima, your host and producer. And thank you, family. You are part of this team, and we're we'll glad to have you here. It is Monday. Happy Monday. Know a lot of you spent the weekend marching, protesting in some kind of way. The case of Trayvon Martin not going away as it should not, as it should not you want to talk about it. We have lots of guests uh, that will be with us today. 520 KJLH, 520 fifty five, okay, five oh, fifty four. That's what we're going to focus on today, and really most of the week. I mean, we will, on Wellness Wednesday, we'll do our thing, and of course, our wellness thing, but we also are expecting a couple of the top lawmakers there in Florida to explain the situation, give us some updates. We've got guests all week that will keep us Informed about what's going on with the case of Trayvon Martin. Of course, on Hot Topic Tuesday and Radio Free Friday, the phones open up and you are welcome to talk about whatever is on your mind, anything that's on your mind. But most of my friends, everywhere I go, whether it's on Facebook, and by the way, you find us on Facebook at Front Page One, uh, Front Page Show, excuse me, Front Page Show. You can like us there, talking about Trayvon Martin. In all of the things that this case implies and all of the things that it's bringing out. Over the weekend, the attorney and the family, I guess I should say, friend of the shooter, the admitted killer, George Zimmerman, went on all the weekend shows and started pushing back, saying that Zimmerman, his African-American friend, who he they sent around to all the shows, saying he was crying after the shooting, saying that he is not a racist, et cetera, et cetera. The attorney saying that uh, he had a gash in his head, his nose was broken, et cetera, et cetera. So this is self-defense, and and making it clear that they do plan to use. The standard ground law, the Florida standard ground law. Even uh, one of the lead prosecutors on the state level saying it's going to be tough. Saying that, telling ABC that Zimmerman could walk. Meanwhile, all across the country, protests continue. Uh, one on Crenshaw, right here in Los Angeles. People in the pouring rain marching, hundreds of people. Churches across the country, from New York to West Angeles here in Los Angeles, parishioners wearing hoodies to church, even even the pastors wearing hoodies in support of Trayvon Martin. And uh, we're being joined today um, by a special guest in studio. Actually, we'll be talking to a number of people, but we're happy to have. Timothy Williams, he's a 29-year retired senior detective supervisor from the Los Angeles uh, Police Department. He retired from the Elite Robbery Homicide Division, and during his tenure with the LAPD, he completed over 26 years of various detective assignments, supervising, but not limited to, robbery, homicide, domestic violence, child abuse, rape, sexual assault, juvenile, and narcotic investigations. Welcome to the show, Mr. Williams.
5: Thank you for having me.
2: Well, I know um, you now have your own private firm, right?
5: I do. I'm presently a police procedure use of force expert in both state and federal courts.
2: And, uh, you know, of course, we always have questions about the LAPD um, and, and, you know, and friends and family, you're welcome to ask those, 520 cage lh Well, let me ask you the most obvious. Do you see that the LAPD has changed a great deal since you were there, or do you see it as similar?
5: Well, when I came on in 1974 and I retired in 2003, there have been some strides Made in the department, and uh, when I left, there was still try- strides to be made. And um, uh, under the leadership of, uh, of Chief Bernard Parks, we made a lot of strides.
2: Uh, I noticed you stopped at Parks. Uh, what about Chief Bratton and Chief Beck?
5: Well, I wasn't. I uh, was only there for a portion of, of um, a small portion of Chief Bratton's um, tenure. Uh, Chief Charlie Beck, I've known since he became on the department, and I wasn't there under his leadership.
2: All right, we'll leave it there, okay. uh, because I know really what's top of mind for most everybody today is the case of Trayvon Martin. And I know you're not in Florida, you're not in the Sanford Police Department, and you have no official role in the case, but certainly as someone who's acted as a detective for many years and someone who is viewed as an expert on policy and procedure, I'm just curious, what is your reaction to the handling of that case so far?
5: Well, I, I looked at the police report that was generated um, by the first responders there in Sanford And um, um, I found that um, Mr. Zimmerman was, in fact, um, um, detained and taken to the police station uh, to be conducted by or to be interviewed by investigators. The concerns that I had with this or with this investigation is, number one, the, the type of um the, the, the incident that that that, that started um, mr Zimmerman stated or got on the on the phone with communications there and said he was following someone he was told not to follow he proceeded to follow anyway as an investigator I would look at uh, number one to see um, the trajectory analysis that was done at the crime scene um, to see if there was any any um, indication that there was a mutual combat or there was a issue where uh, George Zimmerman had in fact or justifiably um, shot uh, uh, Trayvon Martin. Number two, um, there was some alleged injuries on uh, George Zimmerman. He had a bloody nose and and bleeding in the back of the head. One of the things that I would want to look at as an investigator to see if those were as a result of uh, altercation or were they perhaps self-inflicted. The The um, the third thing um, that that they would look at as an investigator was witnesses who were in or around the scene at the time of the incident. Um, Looking at the police reports, there were several witnesses that were alleged to have been interviewed. And it would be very interesting to see what they had to say. What was unique about this reading of this report was the fact that there was a report of shots fired. Not one, of us says shots fired. And I would want to know um, if, in fact, it was it one shot fired with the several shots fired, and obviously you would have that information um, by um, by the post-examination and, and also the evidence at, at the crime scene. So these are some of the things that I would look at initially as far as the investigative aspect of this case.
2: Now, obviously, I'm not a, a police officer or an investigator. I watch a lot of Law and Order. That's about it. But. For the layperson looking at this case, it really doesn't seem to make sense. I understand the arguments about Florida's stand-down law, but yet this is a person who followed someone when asked not to do so by a police dispatcher. So to me, it's just unfathomable that this man is not under arrest. It just doesn't seem to make any sense. People are arrested and held for... public disturbance or uh, you know shoplifting a piece of pizza for you know all kinds of things and this in this case we have a dead body a child a minor as y'all say and you know in legal circles and an admitted shooter who violated the order or request of a police dispatcher and followed someone with a gun. How is this person not in custody?
5: Well, the mere fact that he was following somebody um and he was told uh to stand down, and not to follow him and he proceeded, proceeded anyway is in fact problematic. Um, During the course of the investigation, there are certain things that have to be looked at and examined. Um, Those results don't come that same day, obviously, because of the scientific evaluation that has to be done. Um, You look at the totality of the case, looking at at witnesses, witnesses' statements, um, uh, what was done. um, uh, Arrest is made. You present, you do your investigation in the case, present to the prosecutors, that the prosecutors feel that additional investigation uh, should be done or certain admins of the uh, investigation should be addressed. They will let the investigators know or should do, and will direct them and they, they will proceed. Uh, but there again, if there is a violation of the law. Where a person is actively pursuing somebody, where they shouldn't be pursuing somebody, then the proper thing should have been done, where a person should have been arrested in this particular instance.
2: And again, you have a situation where now the uh, team, Team Zimmerman, which pretty much is his family and attorneys, saying that, you know, he is in danger, that he has had death threats, and, uh, you know, the new Black Panther Party allegedly. You know, putting out a $10,000 reward for his, um, you know, or his, what they're saying, capture. To me, again, if you're really concerned about this man's safety and he is admitted to have killed someone, whether you want to classify it as first degree murder or what self-defense, however it's classified, wouldn't he be safer in custody?
5: Well again, um uh, you have to look at the totality of everything um the, the Sanford police Department did not arrest him um obviously he's getting these these death threats and um, um, um the department should take a should have taken an aggressive approach to this investigation um, to do the right thing in my opinion, based upon what i I've read thus far um the um that uh, Mr uh, George Sanford should have been uh, Zimmerman that is should have been arrested
2: no um, toxicology testing
5: well it is just, there's discussion about toxicology. Um, there are two things that you have to look at. Number one, um, when a person, uh, when a decedent is examined by the coroner, um, there are certain protocols that are in place. And one of the protocols is toxicology uh, to see if the person was under the influence of alcohol and or drugs. So this, that's a protocol that's done on everybody who's taken, who's, who's, who's and what about? As relates to the uh, uh, the, the perpetrator, um, uh, their their sobriety is very important. Uh, their objective symptoms are important, and the uh, first responders should observe that and, and report on that if that's an issue. Um, and then during the course of the investigation, that should also be addressed and looked at as well.
2: And then you've got a, you know you've got uh, dispatchers and witnesses said the guy saying the guy appeared to be intoxicated. Zimmerman, of course, now we're talking about the perpetrator. And yet, no no drunk test by the police at the scene. Uh, no interviewing of the the, the girlfriend, uh, Jayvon Martin's girlfriend, who was on the phone. These seem to me, I mean, I would think, to me, you're the investigator. But if I'm trying to figure out, you know, whether or not my son ate candy that he wasn't supposed to eat, I'm going to follow up every single lead, let alone a murder.
5: As far as the this the, your statement, it says that the that uh, George uh, Zimmerman was appeared to be intoxicated. Then that should have been followed up on, addressed and put to bed so to speak was he was he under the influence tests should be given uh, blood should have been drawn those types of things should have been done number one number two um, as, as as it um, as it relates to the telephone call or the telephone of the of, um, Trayvon Martin um, all these are investigative leads um, if you're trying to find out what was going on during that time um, they had a phone there the, the investigators should have looked and, th- and ob- observed what calls were made the last calls that were Made, um, they can get telephonic search warrants to look at that and see who those those calls belong to, and follow up and do a um, a in person interview with with those individuals or individual.
2: Lots of folks on the phone, so I want to go to the phones. Um, but certainly, you can see why people would say a lot of people feel there is a cover up because why would any self respecting police agency not? follow the standard investigative procedures when you have a dead child Um, on the phone right now uh, calling us from Houston Texas reporter for the final call newspaper he is um, frequently covering the south uh, issues in the south right now he is um, working on the case of Trayvon Martin and has a story I understand it's a cover story in this week's Final Call newspaper, Jesse Muhammad, welcome to the front page. Jesse Muhammad? Yes, ma'am. Good morning. Good morning. Well, it's great to hear from you as always. Seems like it's been a minute, um, but congratulations to you on your uh, Black Weblog Awards and your personal blog winner, uh, all of the awards and accolades that you've been getting for your blogging and reporting. Now, um, you've been following this case. You have a story out this week uh, in Final Call, right? Yes, ma'am. What would you say is the most underreported aspect of what's going on with Trayvon Martin?
6: Well, I think one of the most underreported and the thing that everybody seem to ask is, where's Zimmerman at? You know, I, um, I've talked to several of um, Trayvon's best friends as of um, yesterday. And that's the main thing they want to know is if this was um, turned the other way around, they believe that their friend Trayvon wouldn't have even had a chance to um, declare self-defense or explain himself. And they was talking about how America has this ability to hunt down and find so many so-called terrorists around the world. Then where is Zimmerman at and why he's not in jail? But I think also, too, is that... This narrative is continuously unfolding and showing a discussion on race that is yet to take place in this country, and definitely we don't think would not take place anytime soon. So I, I see to think that a lot of things have been said, and I think that the most important aspect I believe at the beginning that was reported that's beginning to unfold is the poor investigation done by the Sanford Police Department.
2: When you talk to um, the close friends of Trayvon Martin, when you talk to people on the ground um, there in Sanford, do you get the sense that people, because I do from the people I've talked to, but do you get the sense that people feel there's a cover-up?
6: Absolutely. They, They really do because they believe from the start that Zimmerman was defended, that he was, um, covered up, and then, you know, there were some early reports just really, um, painting him this picture of a model citizen who was just doing his job as if he was a police officer, a real cop. And they really do believe that is such, um, to the point that he was allowed not to be arrested and that he wasn't even really questioned. And then, uh, witnesses were not taken seriously at the beginning with these 911 tapes, and now, After the tapes have been released publicly, now all of a sudden the chief wants to temporarily step down. So, yes, they thoroughly believe that it's been a cover up from those I've talked to.
2: And I, you know, uh, over the weekend it seemed like there was a huge PR effort on the part of the Zimmerman camp to portray him as a victim, saying that he was crying after he. After after the shooting, saying that you know that he was not racist, saying that he feared for his life. At the same time, uh, you have this you know this mystery witness who didn't want their face shown, saying that he saw Trayvon Martin um, fighting with Zimmerman.
6: Exactly. You know that's 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 tactic. And we all should have expected that. I knew sooner or later it was going to come. The minute that the attorney even chose to do some interviews, I thought it was very um, interesting. And once he started saying that they were going to use the Stand Your Ground law, and I figured that sooner or later they was going to try to say Zimmerman went to a hood park and wear his hoodie and that he was taking care of some black children to paint that all of a sudden that everything is all right and he does care about black people and that you all are saying all these wrong things. So it was a tactic that I really um, expected. I didn't expect um, it actually to come this soon. I thought it would be closer and closer to the April 10th date of it the going grand on jury. before the grand jury. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm not surprised by it all because this is the history that we have seen in this country when dealing with us. Anytime someone does anything, particularly to a black male, the main defense they want to show is that they went somewhere to another country, they helped some African children, these type of things, to try to make it seem like they love our people. But when it comes down to it, we really know what's in
2: their hearts. And, you know, and and whether or not he's done great things, uh, you know, you 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 kill someone you kill someone you know you murder someone you murder someone uh, is my position uh, let's hit the phones uh, lot, lots of folks want to talk to you guys and of course we're um, tight on time but Jesse Muhammad I hope that you'll continue to check in with us um, as well because I'm always amazed at the things that you find out uh, when you talk to people let's go to Jeff from Long Beach and hopefully uh, Mr. Muhammad you'll be able to hear as well Hi, Jeff. You're on the front page. Welcome.
7: How are you doing? This is Dominic.
2: Good, good. What's on your mind this morning? Uh,
7: um, I was wondering. I didn't hear nobody mention it. Now, it's not an ascertained fact, but it, is, it kind of puts something into the equation that makes it look very logical. The word is that his dad is a retired judge. That's why he got off. And that's how he got his gun and everything through his dad's power in that uh, area there.
2: A magistrate. Not- yeah, magistrate.
7: Yeah, so that's pretty much why it was a cover-up. But what I, something else I wanted to point out is that, you know, with the 40-odd 40, 40 calls, and all of them seem to have a black a young male in the fall as the suspect, we know that he had something out for black males in particular, probably black people in general. But it seems like this was a planned murder because if you think about it, if I don't see you and you're talking to me, you can tell me somebody's coming towards you. They could be running away from you. You see what I'm saying? I think he was using a phone call to cover up what he was planning to do. He was talking black young men to kill him. I honestly believe that. That's my personal opinion. You know okay, what Jeff, I mean? But uh, it's, it's
2: looking like that. It's gonna thank take a- you, Jeff. Thank you. Any any response to that? Um, Ted Williams, Jesse Muhammad.
5: Um. Yes, there is, again, going back to the investigative aspects of this case, um, there is there are certain things that have to be done. And what was uh, problematic to me, I was reading in one of the accountings that um, a detective did respond to this scene It was a narcotics detective. And what you would want to send to the scene is a homicide detective, uh, someone who's been steeped and trained in this particular area to know what to look for and things of this nature. And to conduct an on-scene investigation prior to doing an interview with uh, George Zimmerman. And I found that to be problematic.
6: Jesse Mohammed. Absolutely. I mean, he actually said the exact same thing that I was um, thinking um, when I read that as well. As you, um, Dominique, said that I'm not a law enforcement aspect person, and I don't even watch law and order, so I'm definitely <laughs> less qualified than you are. But that was the same thing I thought about. I was like, why did they send that particular person, you know, to that scene? And I read that point, and I thank that gentleman for bringing that up about his dad having some form of or of, um, background, because I actually felt that that played a part in him being able to be where he is, Right now, which is not behind
5: bars.
2: Let's go to John from Compton. Hi, John, you're on the front page, Radio Free 102.3 KJLH. John?
5: Yeah, I'm here. You're Thank on you. The I'm air.
7: sorry. Oh, yes, good morning. I just want to know if the guy was not in law enforcement, this Zimmerman guy, how was he able to take the weapon that he used to kill Martin with? How, how was he able to keep the weapon?
2: Well, they say he's a, what they say registered for um, for concealed carry, which means he he has a permit to carry a concealed weapon. And since he hasn't been charged with a crime, right? That's
5: that is correct. But, it,
2: but then again, it is the murder. I mean, the murder weapon. Okay. Uh,
7: Okay, but even so, even so, from what what I understand, I'm 51 years old, and I I was born and raised in Watts, California. What I was what I was born to understand was, even if a law for even if a police officer kills somebody, they will at least get death right. the investigation are right. You're to right. And and this ballistic guy,
2: testing this, I mean, and all that. If he
7: kills yeah. somebody, that was the proper cause for them to arrest him, and let the judge and the jury decide whether he's guilty or
1: not. The
2: great point, John. Um... I mean that is true isn't it when you when, when there's an officer involved shooting they take the gun don't they and they put the the cop on desk duty until they figure it out
5: when there's officer involved shooting and I have um, reviewed a lot of them in my area of a of a police procedure expert um they 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 take the weapon they they test it and at uh, some point time um, the weapons returned. that person is put on administrative duty up until they are cleared by behavioral sciences and then they go back out in, in, in the field and again um, as it relates to this particular incident um, the reports or that I have reviewed that I have, that I have here are, are basically incomplete obviously because I don't have the investigative file but um, the, um, the the weapon was in fact taken from George Zimmerman whether it was returned to him I don't know I don't know about my
2: it. understanding is that he has yeah. the weapon but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that and I think uh, John makes a very salient point that's correct um, Jesse Mohammed, did you want to add to that
6: uh, not at all no matter <laughs>
2: um, Jesse Mohammed, we can we can find your piece online right is it up yet or is it uh, forthcoming
6: Absolutely. It's actually on um, com as we speak, and uh, our updated one will be up in the next couple of days as well. We're going to keep this story going as you know how the Final Call does it.
2: Uh, yeah, we know how you do it. Um, it is 5 o'clock in the morning, it, and, and, and thank you for, for the hard work that you do. It's 5 o'clock in the morning. It's Radio Free, 102.3 KJLH, Compton, Los Angeles, Long Beach, and Inglewood. We're talking about the case of Trayvon Martin. We're taking your call, 520-KJLH, 520 Lots of experts and special guests today and all week long to shed light on this case. You know where you are. It's Total Talk Expression, Radio Free, 102.3 KJLH. It's time to get up. Get, get, get up. It's the front page. Front page.
0: Front page. page. On Radio Free, 102.3 KJLH. The following is a free offer from Rosetta Stone, the original from University this is the front page on Radio Free 102.3 KJLH. Cover words, colour
7: words, my features come first. So if you ain't bought to say I'm please
3: disperse. Please disperse. Please disperse. I knew I never
8: should have bought
2: that T. Radio Free 102.3 KJLH. It is the front page. And I'm Dominique De Prima. Talking about Hey, Von Martin, today we have uh, quite a few special guests in, in your phone calls. And um, we are going to be talking to Sahara Ali with our Monday Mind Gym in the 5 o'clock hour a little later. Right now, we have a nationally award winning and multifaceted journalist. He's a commentator for TV One, Cable Network host and managing editor of Washington Watch with Roland Bynum, a one-hour Sunday morning news show. He's also a CNN analyst, appearing on a variety of the network shows. He's named by Ebony Magazine in 2008, 2009, and 2010 as one of the 150 most influential African Americans in the United States. Roland Martin is joining us on the phone from Orlando, Florida. Good morning, Roland.
8: Hey, good morning. How are you doing?
2: great thank you for checking in with us this morning i know it's a busy busy morning for you
8: not a problem
2: you're in orlando to do what today
8: uh, well, several things today. At 4 p.m., there's the um, uh, rally taking place, or actually the march taking place. Uh, we'll head to, of course, the, uh, the city council meeting there. Uh, and then at noon at Macedonia Baptist Church in Eatonville, uh, I'll be moderating a panel um, that will feature uh, Trayvon Martin's parents as well as uh, the attorneys uh, in the case as well. Uh, and so, the, you know, in terms of talking to them, what they've made clear is that uh, the pressure must continue uh, when it comes to justice. Of course, the grand jury is going to be a panel on April 10th. Uh, one well, of the state attorneys uh, will then do something uh, that thank uh, you will then do. It's uh, the to panel eight for chance to begin to consider the evidence in the case. Uh, and so they want that pressure to continue every single day uh, to ensure justice takes place in this case.
2: When you say pressure, you're talking about the marches. You're talking about the. The demonstrations that we saw in the churches and, yeah, all this weekend. Of
8: those things, you know, a lot of people. It's, it's amazing. I listen to African Americans uh, who always say, "Hey, that stuff doesn't matter. It doesn't work." But the reality is. When you're you're advocating for social justice, uh, all of those are pieces to the puzzle. Uh, And so you have to be able to bring the national attention, bring the awareness to something. And uh, and then once you begin to build that, then what are all the pieces that come into place? Uh, What they do not want is, which makes sense, they do not want all the attention uh, to go away. Because then, of course, officials uh, won't be under uh, the same amount of pressure to actually get things moving. I mean, there is no doubt that uh, as a result of what we have been able to accomplish through social media, forcing mainstream media to cover this story, uh, then that, that is, of course, led to the police chief stepping down, led to uh, a special prosecutor being appointed, led to the Department of Justice announcing they're going to investigate. That's why all that stuff has to be done.
2: And, Roland, you know, you're a journalist. You... Walk the same line that I walk, which is being a talk radio host, which means taking positions and opinions, but also dealing with news and information. Right. You um, will be speaking right at the rally.
8: No, no, no. I, I don't speak at rallies. Okay. You do. Uh, I, what, I, what, I, what I'll be doing is I'll be moderating. You know, I'll be moderating the forum. Uh, that is taking place. That will have the attorneys, the Florida NAACP, a state a state representative will be on it, uh, as well as paid by Martin's parents. So uh, that forum will be moderated to talk about the case itself, things along those lines.
3: Okay, so uh,
8: and then, yeah, but 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 I I, mean, I was asked uh, because I've, I've, I've because of my position I've taken on this but one of the time, Ben Crum asked me to speak it. I told him I I don't speak at rallies, and I think what people need to understand is. Uh, the positions that we take are in the tradition of the black press. Uh, when you look at the history, when you look at Ida B. Wells Barnett, uh, she was a fierce advocate against, uh, against lynching. One you had, of my heroes, of course, Robert yeah. Abbott of the Chicago Defender, and so that, that's what you have there.
2: And uh, you, you make the distinction... Um, And by the way, for those listening, uh, he talked about Ben Crump. That's one of the attorneys for the family of Trayvon Martin. But you have taken a strong position. Will you explain what that is and why that is?
8: Well, because first and foremost, um, you know, there are some people who have a role of a journalist, a reporter, and a correspondent. Uh, I am a syndicated columnist, and so I have the leeway to be able to, to take a position to weigh in, to be subjective, as opposed to be objective. Uh, and my position is that uh, George Zimmerman must be brought to justice by the Center Police Department did a shoddy investigation. Zimmerman should have been arrested in the case of Trayvon Martin. Uh, and then you should have the full investigation of the police. Department and their conduct because because of their shoddy investigation, they potentially uh, could, uh, could put this case in jeopardy. A prosecutor goes to the grand jury uh, to present evidence for an indictment based upon the police investigation. And so for the police here, uh, did they do a test on Zimmerman's clothes? Did they do an actual analysis to find out uh, in terms of uh, this fight, who started what? Uh, and so there's so many gaping holes in the police investigation that that could potentially impact uh, the charges brought against them. So as opposed to it being first-degree murder, if you had strong evidence, if you had a solid investigation, they might have to settle for a much lesser charge because what you don't want to do is overplay your hand by having a major charge, weak evidence, and the jury then find the person not guilty based upon the level of evidence. And so, as 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 somebody who has a uh, who has an, who has an opinion, uh, who, is a, who is a commentator, uh, certainly uh, I've weighed in on this. Uh, but but most important for me, again, is understanding what my role is. And so, when I think about historically, Ethel Payne, I think about uh, Ida B. Wells-Barnett, Robert E. Babbitt, Lerone Bennett, Vernon Jarrett, all of these uh, major folks who worked in the black press. That's how we still operate today, bringing voice
2: for the voice and Roland Martin, um, have you been surprised by the reaction to this case to the case of Trayvon Martin? I mean, at this point, it seems like it's crossing um, class, race, even even uh, party lines, which is pretty hard to do these days in America.
8: Well, what what has surprised me uh, by this is obviously the intensity. And I'll tell you, on Thursday, something happened. I was sitting there. Uh, I was uh, on Twitter, and I said, and people were sending me. You know, I was hearing about these different rallies and stuff, and, of course, we saw what happened in New York. So I sent a tweet out. I said, hey, if there's a Trayvon Martin rally or vigil in your city, they'll you know, get me back, and I'll retweet it. I literally got 40 different cities. I mean, it was unbelievable. And that, for the first time, uh, made it clear to me that this thing has has spread in a remarkable fashion. And and I think also, that was one of the reasons why President Barack Obama had to say something on Friday, uh, because uh, the, the, the pressure and the attention has reached a level, it went far beyond simply being a local police matter. Also, what I think is is that you have sort of this perfect storm, if you will, where you have African-Americans who over-index on social media. Uh, and so we also uh, are used to mainstream media ignoring our stories. And so, therefore, massive pressure was put on mainstream media by folks like me pushing and prodding and advocating in this story and again i don't necessarily think that they were used to that and so by having also all of these things being brought to be i just check right now 1.9 uh 1.98 million people have signed the petition uh to uh, uh the petition that trayvon martin parents uh, put up with regards to bringing justice in this the color of change that is remarkable
2: it's, an, it's actually a record, I believe, for an online petition. Um, Roland Martin, you know you make a lot of great points, and I, it seems like it's touched a nerve and 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 I also notice the mainstream media, as we saw with the case of Jano Six, now has to follow the people to some extent, because of social media, because of you know Facebook and Twitter. If people are really on a story, eventually it may take longer, it may take uh, less time. the The mainstream media will have to jump on it.
8: Yeah, absolutely. But also, and look, yes, I'm a, I'm a contributor to CNN. I also have my own show, though, on TV One Cable Network, uh, and then do the Tom the Morning Show. And what's so, be- what's so beautiful about all of this is that we don't have to wait on them to report on this story. Right. Because, and we do. Well, look, I have 114,000 followers on Twitter, 94,000 on Facebook. And so uh, I broke the Department of Justice investigation story. I don't have to wait for the New York Times or one of the cable networks to actually say, okay, this is worthy of a story. And I think that's, that, that's also what changes it. And so, yeah, they are forced to have to contend with those of us who are reporters, who are commentators, who are journalists. There are people out there who are citizen journalists. They have to deal with the fact that we, we too can hold them accountable for their lack of coverage uh, and, and and balance and fairness as well, and so that that's one of the things that that you're seeing, and so therefore they have to they they are forced to follow because the last thing they want to do is to be left in the dark and be frankly uh, behind the story versus in front of
2: it. exactly that's exactly what I've I've noticed. Roland Martin, uh, we have a ton of callers here in L.A. that would love to talk to you. Can sure. we go to the phone? I know you're used to it. Radio is your bailiwick, as they say. Um, let's go to uh, Rufus from Inglewood. Rufus, you're on with Roland Martin on the front page, Radio Free 102.3 KJLH. Rufus? Yes. You're on the air. Morning, Dominic. How you doing? Morning. Excellent. What's on your mind? I was
6: calling... Uh... To just find out how can they use the defense of that stand your ground law when it's what I from what I'm understanding that law only
8: pertains to if someone's in your home.
2: Uh, actually, that's not no. true.
8: Not in Florida. No, 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 no. able The standard, the standard law is that if somebody is like first I'm born and raised in Texas. If somebody chose to come onto my property and try to steal my car. Uh, I have the right to use deadly force to protect my property. Uh, most places, is when you're inside of your home. Florida expanded that to include uh, a, any public place where you feel as if your life is threatened or endangered. Now, what's interesting in this case uh, is that, first of all, after that, there are 23 other states that enacted Stand Your Ground Laws and the, the National Rifle Association, they want all 50 states to have expanded stand-your-brown law. But what's interesting in this case, former Florida Governor Jeb Bush, who signed that into law, has said that stand-your-brown law is not applicable in this case. So the guy who is representing Joe Zimmerman, he himself said the exact same thing. And so they are going on the self-defense grounds. Uh, By stating that Zimmerman was attacked, they're trying to say that by him having a busted nose and a cut on the back of his head, that shows that Trayvon Martin was the aggressor. Now, of course, the problem with that is how can you be George Zimmerman traveling in your SUV following him and you chose to get out of your car? So how did you go from that? a fight, so if you didn't didn't walk up on him, then what, Trayvon, pull you out of your car? And so that's one of the things that uh, you'll see come out. So the stand-your-ground law is far more expansive than what we traditionally are used to.
2: Really interesting article in the New York Times today by Paul Krugman talking about the uh, background of the standard Ground Law and how it was really lobbied for um, by some far right-wing groups, including the American Legislative Exchange Council. I've got that up on Facebook on Front Page Show if you want to read it. And, you know, I mean, I know we're not surprised to know that uh, some of the supporters of ALEC, um, among them the Koch brothers, are pushing to have this law in all 50 states. So, I mean, your question is a good one because that's what we always assume, Rufus, that It's when someone's on your property, but as Roland Martin rightly points out, this takes it another step to where you can say any time you feel someone is pushing up on you uh, and your life is in danger, that you could use deadly force.
8: And I think what what might be interesting here is that uh, if if Zimmerman was the one who walked up on Trayvon Martin, well then Trayvon had the right to use the stand your ground law, to defend himself, somebody you don't know, someone you've never seen before, someone who you thought was following you.
2: What do we, we like all teach our kids? What do we all teach our kids? If someone tries to snatch you or attack you, what do you do? You kick, scream, punch, and do everything right. you can to get away. We don't tell our kids, you know, allow yourself to be abducted or murdered by a stranger that's following you with a gun. We right. tell them, fight back with everything you've got. And as a mother, right. I'm going to keep teaching my son that. You don't allow head. a stranger to assault you, self-defense, self-defense, where's the amber alert? You know what I'm saying? The spirit of that, which is that, you know, our children, and I don't care, you know, I don't care how many news outlets want to call this guy a man. He's a child, barely 17 years old. Do not get to be followed and attacked by strangers. And and so I I absolutely agree, Roland Martin, you know, if anyone has a right, uh, in this case, To follow the standard ground law, it would be Trayvon Martin. Um, Yep. Yep. Let's go to Kendall from L.A. Hi, Kendall. You're on with Roland Martin on the front page, Radio Free 102.3 KJLH. Kendall?
4: Yes, hi. You know what? I was at church yesterday, and our pastor, the Reverend Dr. Clyde Oden, said that T. Larry Kirkland, who's the bishop of the 5th District, has asked all, asked all of the pastors of the AME Church to do their entire presentation or to do their entire um, preaching yesterday with hoodies on. And it was phenomenal. So I just kind of wanted to put that out there.
2: Yeah, that happened all across the country, by the way, from New York. I know West Angeles Church, uh, the pastor and the congregation wearing hoodies. Um, You know, people, this is crossing all racial lines, religious lines. It's crossing, uh, you know, ethnic lines, financial lines. Roland, how do you feel about that, about, you know, the black churches, the Miami Heat? I'm wearing one right now. People wearing hoodies. To make a statement of support for this family.
8: What people need to understand is that what is driving this, what drove this entire case, and what is driving it is this is what happens when you govern by stereotypes. George Zimmerman makes a phone call to nine one one and says he sees somebody and he calls them suspicious. Well, why is he suspicious? He's walking back from a store. Now he says that uh, neighborhood watch. I'm looking out for people who don't necessarily live here. How do you know that? How are they suspicious? And so he made a judgment. The problem with the problem is uh, we are sick and tired of having to accommodate bigotry, racism, and stereotypes. And so when Geraldo says black and Hispanic parents, tell your kids not to wear a hoodie. What that means is we are having to accommodate somebody else's bigotry. Somebody else who thinks that, oh, I see a black man in a hoodie. Oh, uh, that's the criminal. Now, you know nothing about that person. And so when I was going to CNN on a Saturday, I literally... As I was driving, I counted the number of people I passed up who had hoodies on. There were 15 different people. I passed a white guy who had a red hoodie on, hood up. I passed an Asian guy who had a gray hoodie up. I passed a white female who had a blue hoodie up. Not one time did I get suspicious. Not one time did I get scared. And so that's, a, that's the judgment that is placed. And so as African Americans, we have to change, even in corporate America, what our clothes look like, how we walk, how we talk, we have to change our hair, we have to change our voice, we have to do all of these things to make them feel more comfortable and for us to be less threatening to them. This is when black people are saying no more. We are tired of having to accommodate you because of your bigotry, because of your stereotypes.
2: You know, in the studio right now with us, uh, we have uh, Ted Williams also. And he's uh, an expert, uh, a retired investigator, uh, 29 years with the LAPD um, as an investigator, a detective, uh, homicide, robbery, and other similar things. And over the weekend, we heard a friend of George Zimmerman say on television that he didn't say coon. I don't even like saying it on the air. He said Uh, goon. And that this was an affectionate term. The issue of profiling, the issue of uh, that Roland Martin is bringing forth—that our young people have to make extra accommodations not to be considered criminals. As a retired cop, Mr. Williams, I mean, how do you reflect on that in this case? Because this is the kind of thing that creates a, a divide. And at the same time, this person's not even a law enforcement officer. He, he, I, I wonder, shouldn't he be facing impersonating an officer? Because he's not even a really a neighborhood
5: watch guy. This is true. Roland Morton, this is Tim Williams here. How you doing? you fine, There's a couple things um, with this issue of this racial epithet uh, that was talked about. As an investigator, one of the things you want to do is, during the course of the is to enhance that tape to see what you have, in fact, going on. That's uh, right. And that's very important. Also, there was some issue of screaming in the background. That should also be enhanced. You need a voice analysis to see if, in fact, that was um, George Zimmerman, as he claims it was, or if that was Trayvon Martin. All these right. things are critical in doing the course of the investigations. Now, if there's an issue of, of Kuhn that was uh, uh, verbalized in the course of this... Then you're getting into the whole different focus of, of, of um, perhaps a hate crime scenario. And
2: and, right.
5: and, and the thing is also, let's go back to this neighborhood watch. Okay,
2: just quickly if okay. you would. Go ahead,
5: Tim. Okay, Just us get back to neighborhood watch uh, uh, configuration. As a, as a he wasn't a captain as as he was uh, proposed to be, and you're you're taught not to you're taught to be the eyes and ears for law enforcement, not to take uh, action.
2: Well, he and he wasn't even a registered neighborhood watch. Uh, that is correct. No, no, no. Actually, actually, it's not
8: true. The family is suing the homeowner association because the homeowner association named him the neighborhood watch. Captain. Now, he, w- he was political. not
2: registered with the National Association of Homeowners
8: no. Neighborhood Watch. but this gated community. And so now, now the gated the homeowner association, this gated community, now has a legal issue now because basically they're saying you picked this guy, he was this vigilante out there. Now it's on him. But the other pieces is here: police officers also do not want neighborhood watch people walking around with guns. They want them with walkie-talkies, being able to write down license plates, things along those lines. So the issue the issue that he is going to have is you disobeyed 911. They told yes. you do not follow him, yes. but you chose to do so. And so he's going to have a problem when if he got out of that car, he chose to instigate something. And if George Zimmerman had simply stayed in his SUV... Hello. That would have never been an altercation, never been a fight, and so he's going to have to deal with that. And he could try to say, "Oh, this guy was this guy was beating me up." But how did you get to
2: the point of him beating you up? Yeah, that's the key question. Uh, Roland Martin, I know you have to go. You're there on the ground in Orlando, Florida. I thank you so much for joining us this morning, and hopefully no we'll problem. be able to check in with you um, sometime soon, maybe later this week, and and let us no know problem. how things went out there. All right, sounds good. All right, uh, you can visit Roland at RolandMartin.com online, and uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at Martin. Thank you so much. 5.27 in the morning. Uh, it is a front page. We have... Your phone calls, we have more special guests. on um, Tim Williams, thank you so much for staying with us. Uh, lots of people still have questions for you. And it's a busy morning, but it's going to be a busy week. We're going to be talking about Trayvon Martin all week this week. Various experts, activists, and individuals with information on this case will be checking in with us. Keep you up to date. Interesting how some folks who caused the problem now want to act like they're the ones solving the problem. Radio Free 102.3 KJLH has been following your issues. For decades, long before I ever got here. That's because we are you. Total Talk Expression, Radio Free, 102.3 KJLH.
0: Find your greatness. The front page. Radio Free, 102.3 KJLH. Grimes are wasting into doing so much hate. And free your heart and show your greatness. I, like you, had to come
4: from up under the basement. Just like you had Satan trying my patience many women with fibroids don't want.
0: Introducing a different mindset. Oh. the front page. Oh. Radio Free 102.3 KJLH. Out I, I grew I oh. thinking yeah. oh. you know where Radio Free 102.3 KJLH
2: retired LAPD Detective Ted Williams still in the studio and we have Jesse Mohammed back on the phone we're going to have more of your phone calls we're talking about Trayvon Martin today and all week long and keeping you updated Tim, excuse me Tim Williams um, we have uh, right now though time for um, a moment of unstressing in the midst of all of the things going on around us it is Sahara Ali, she's a life coach Yoga instructor and intuitive, and she does this every Monday. We usually do it a little earlier in the morning. The Monday Mind Gym. Good morning, Sahara Ali.
4: Good morning, Dominique, and good morning, JJ listeners. How are you?
2: I'm very well. We're just uh, cruising along here.
4: Okay, this morning on the Mind Gym. The exercise is to give yourself to permission to move yourself forward, to create a new beginning, and to step out and take risks about your life. And so listen to your inner truth and speak up about what your soul is saying to you about change. If it's springtime, it's time to spring forward into something new, it's time to step forward and have courage to embrace your wholeness, your intelligence, and all the beauty of who you are as a person. And so today the mind gym affirmation is I allow myself to passionately with courage to change and honor my life under grace and ease.
2: One more time Sarah.
4: Today's mind gym Mm -hmm. affirmation is I allow myself to passionately with courage to change my life under grace and ease. Under grace and ease. Under grace and And thank you so much, KDLH listeners. This is Sahara for the Mind Gym, and I can be reached at 213 538
3: 0402.
2: Thank you for getting us back to ground level uh, this morning in the midst of all the pain and, and anger that folks are feeling around this Trayvon Martin case. And
4: it's real important for us to understand that we have a voice and we can stand in our truth. And in standing for Trayvon, we must also stand for ourselves.
2: Great point. Thank you, Sahara. Sahara Ali, every Monday here on the front page. With the Monday Mind Gym. We have Jesse Muhammad back on the phone. He's a reporter uh, with the Final Call, newspaper. He's got a cover story this week on Trayvon. Marsh, uh, Marge and also Timothy a. Williams Jr., 29 year retired senior detective supervisor from the Los Angeles Police Department. He now has a private agency um, doing investigations. Right?
5: Yeah, yes, TT Williams Jr. Investigations is in downtown Los Angeles. And um, one of the things we specialize in is police procedure and use of force right. in cases.
2: And we will have his information, his contact information on KGLHradio.com, as is Jesse Mohammed's Roland Martins', and of course you can find that information on DominicDaprima.com as well. We have a lot of people that want to talk to you guys both on the phone. Uh, So, Jesse Muhammad, if it's fine with you, I want to go straight to the phone. But first, uh, let's see, South L.A., yesterday. This is South L.A. in the rain, folks. Hundreds of people marching. Clearly, um, this is not going away. Um, Jesse Muhammad? Yes, ma'am. Just making sure you're with us. We're going to go right to the phone. Robbie from L.A. Good morning. You're radio free on 102.3 KJLH. Robbie?
9: Yes. Good morning. Good morning, Dominique and... um to the front page family. I have a comment and then a question for Mr. Williams. My uh, concern is that the focus should be on the Sanford Police Department lodging criminal complaint against them. Because Zimmerman may very well walk because his attorneys will contend he cannot get a fair trial because his case has been tried in the media. That's going to be a very large portion, I believe. So, And your question uh, is? My question for Mr. Williams is the L.A. Uh, police now have a protocol where they stop young black men for walking while black they take their information and then the next time they're stopped, it appears as if they've done something wrong.
2: Well, I don't think yeah. you can call that a protocol. You, we could well, say it's a practice, but um, you want to comment about what, what Robbie is saying?
5: Yes, I don't know if the LAPD has a protocol to stopping um, black men um, uh, while walking.
2: Well, we know they do yeah. it. We know they do that. it. I
5: understand, but the, and they're, take they're, pictures yeah, of them and right. put them
2: in gang databases whether yes. or not they're gang members.
5: There is, um, in, in certain gang areas, there is a procedure where the gang officers stop and talk to um, 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 uh, potential uh, gang members. A lot of times, they, these members admit that they are gangs, in fact, and then they are uh, given uh, identification or uh, cars are created, and then they're put in the Cal Gang system,
2: which is almost impossible to get out of. By the way, only one person has ever gotten out of that database once they get in.
5: It's very difficult to get to get out. Yeah, free you're basically
2: in. permanently profiled at that point
5: it's very difficult to get on as easy to get in and again when you go to a court and, and and these allegations are made this way you have experts in the particular areas of gangs and they can tell you if if that person is in fact a gang member of what he or she is doing was the benefit for that gang um, just because a person they may they may have been inactive for five or ten years because they're in the system doesn't make it make it so again there is procedures in place to deal with that and uh, in, in the judicial level and um, and their attorneys that 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 are aware of these issues they bring those those experts to the case and a lot of times they're successful in their quest on that
2: we're talking about trayvon martin and uh robbie brought up a great point which is you know a a lawsuit Uh, we know that a lawsuit is being filed as roland martin just mentioned against the homeowners association there in sanford but what about the police department
5: well as it relates to the police department again i was had major concern when uh when i observed or read that a a, a narcotics detective was brought to a homicide scene. I would want to look at um, at the issue of, of of the management within that system, supervision within that department, and to see if if there is a if there is if there is a breakdown in that particular area. Once you one of the things I've found out dealing with a lot of police procedure cases that you you find that individuals or detectives who come to a, a crime scene, more specifically a homicide crime scene, a lot of them don't have the background and training to do the investigations that were done, and we find we find that out in, during during the, during the, the Discovery process and those things will bring up, bring about, brought up in court, and Um, those are major, major concerns uh, as it relates to a department, law enforcement agency.
2: Jesse Muhammad, uh, any word? Have you heard anything about uh, rumblings about a suit against the police department there?
6: Uh, No, ma'am, I have not heard that reported but that um many of the things i saw written in regards to that as i said that that was one of the things that was overlooked from the start is everybody going in on sanford police and you know that's something everybody's been saying online that that really should happen because especially with as it reported that their son was labeled a john doe they didn't get to the body within three days you know so there's definitely grounds for it but i look forward to once that is done to definitely be reporting on it
9: okay
2: let's or if it is go ahead
6: Go ahead, Jesse Mahomes. I was just there, I said, if it is, rather.
2: Uh, Sabrina from L.A., you have the floor. Radio Free 102.3 KJLH. Good morning. Sabrina? Yes. hi. You're on. Go ahead, please. Hi, um, thanks for taking my call. Um, I just want to say that this is like so
4: big. I mean, I believe that uh, silence is so much louder than violence and I know that we can all stand together and then ground stand down, ground law, whatever. We should boycott Florida Oysters, boycott Florida, boycott Florida. And I know it's big. Florida's a huge state. Um, I spent my weekend researching it online. I've sent letters to Safeway, letters to every store I can think of, to TV stations. We should boycott it.
2: Gotcha, Sabrina. Sabrina calling for a boycott of of Florida. I I have to think about that one a little bit, Sabrina, um, because I I feel like I want to hone in more specifically on this case and this particular county. But, Jesse, your thoughts on that?
6: Well, you know, I know that's been another ongoing debate. You know, someone said also just looking at how much money we're spending on skittles and uh, iced teas and going to buy hoodies and those type of things that is pretty much giving money to the economy of those that's not giving anything to the family. So even boycotting and boycotting tourism in Florida, the question is always asked: Is well, the money that you keep, where are you gonna route that to to forward the movement? So that's an ongoing debate that I've seen online as well. That has to be a conversation strategically put down on paper and decide upon forward action beyond just saying it.
2: Okay, let's go to Lynn from L.A. Lynn, you're on the front page, Radio Free 102.3 KJLH. Hi, I was just um, have a question for Mr. Muhammad. I was wondering since he has done a
4: story, I've been able just and I'm not a reporter, I've been able to research the Sanford Police Department. They have a history and a pattern of not filing charges when black males are assaulted or murdered. This chief that just stepped down temporarily, he just started May, um, to two thousand and eleven because the chief prior to him did not charge um two I think it was two off duty security guards or something. They killed a black man and and said that he had fought them, and uh, I think forensic showed that he had been shot in the back. Those two gentlemen were never charged. This police department has a history of not, you know, filing charges against black males that have been murdered and
2: assaulted. So, and Lynn, are you saying they're wearing a different kind of hoods? Thank you. Exactly. I couldn't have put it better. Exactly. Well, um, you know, I think Lynn is, is, is right on target to do the research I mean you can call it an unusual state as they like to do in presidential primaries but Florida is still the south Mm -hmm. it's still the south right Jesse Mohammed? you you, you are aren't you the southern uh, regional reporter for the final call
6: you know, absolutely, and that's what um, Sister Ava Muhammad on last week when she was on Cliff Kelly show. That's the one thing she wanted to remind everybody: let's not forget that this is the South. You may go there for pretty water and beaches in Miami and Fort Lauderdale, and that's the place that you go to doctor head to the Bahamas. But it is still the South, and um, we have clearly been shown that nothing has really changed with this case.
2: Let's go to Roger uh calling from north long beach hi roger you're on the front page with jesse muhammad and mr t t williams
7: roger yes good morning dominique welcome uh I was uh, on a white racist website, a link took me there by accident, I didn't want to go. But they're reporting that Zimmerman, his mother's Latino, and his father is Jewish. So this is setting up as a black white thing. It's not a black white thing, I don't want the black people to be upset with white people. He's being protected with Jewish money because the Jews protect their own. Give me a
1: break.
7: and we're taking the cover off this. What the fight has always been about is blacks and Jewish people. Okay. Jewish people, the Jewish talk show host, Bill Handel, Bill Carroll, they're coming to this man' defense because they protect their own. You know
2: what, Roger? And I think you sound like a bigot right now when you're saying No, no, no. That. I do. I, I think you sound white, like a bigot. No, no, I'm
7: saying what the white racist websites are saying.
2: Okay, so they're why would protecting. you parrot what they're saying? Because Why would you spread this,
7: that? But, no, it's not a black-white thing. White people don't have anything to do with this Zimmerman. He's being protected with Jewish money. Yeah, see,
2: that's Jewish. what I'm saying. You sound like a bigot. You sound anti-Semitic. No, no, I'm going to no, tell no. you, you I'm do. No, no, I'm telling you
7: what's being reported on the white race's website. Okay,
2: I'm so you
3: what's your, give me your analysis. I'm just giving
7: information. Wh- no, no, I'm not what's telling your, you my, Okay, my so, viewpoint. Okay, well, that's how I'm, it sounded. So I'm just, so, giving, okay, well, I'm so, just so, giving you what I got. I'm information. Okay, so give me your viewpoint. arguing with me when I'm trying to give you information?
2: Well, um, why are you not listening to me when you call my show? Roger, the what is your viewpoint? You what is your viewpoint, Roger?
7: No, no. I, my viewpoint is it's is an isolated incident. We have our own battles out here with the policemen. We don't need to be fighting the police battle in Florida. Police are abusing us here in Los Angeles County. Zimmerman I mean, was we're not a cop. we abused on an everyday basis.
2: Zimmerman was not a cop.
7: Zimmerman is Jewish. He's being protected. Listen to the white oh, racist. Okay, so uh, you
2: are actually spewing. You say you're just saying what was on the website, but actually <laughs> you just repeated it as your own words. So, okay, I see where you're coming from. We'll just agree to disagree on that one. Um, and you don't think we should stand with Trayvon's family because we have our own problems. But I think, uh, I really think the president, you know, put it really well possibly um... really put it best Oh man almighty i I hate when we get distracted but um... sometimes we do the president
1: so i've got to be careful about my statements to make sure that we're not uh... impairing any investigation that's taking place right now Uh, but obviously this is a tragedy i think about my own kids and it is absolutely imperative that we investigate every aspect of this.
2: Okay, well, um, he also said that, uh, yeah, he had a son It will look like Trayvon. So, I don't know. Maybe Roger doesn't have any kids. Um, anybody, Jesse Mohammed, Mr. T.T., T., Williams, want to comment just quickly because we're almost out of time and we have a million and one phone calls.
5: Yeah, I, I um, agree with uh, the president, and uh, he said there has to be a thorough investigation, and I and I firmly believe that. And looking at the at what I've seen thus far, uh, it goes far far short from being a thorough investigation.
6: Mr. Mohammed. And I just echo that as well. First of all, I applaud the president as one person. I personally heavily criticize him for not saying anything about Troy Davis. So I personally thank them via Twitter and my blog for um, speaking up on it. Also, I think from that last caller, uh, even when we disagree, I think that the whole narrative of this story, as we further investigate, that there's going to be a lot that's going to come out that has not been said and may shock us all.
2: I I really, I I think you're right about that. I mean, there's no no way there can't be because there's too much stuff being hidden
6: right exactly
2: uh did you have were you going to give us an example mr Mohammed? Uh, no i
6: was not okay. going to give you example. I felt I an example going to coming on right
2: there okay I, I felt an example coming on i didn't want to cut it off jeff from culver city you have the mic
7: Hey, good morning, Dominique and the guests. Uh, yes, I just want you know, to agree with Jeff from Long Beach that Mr. Zimmerman was planning an attack with someone who was black, given his numerous calls to the Sanford Police Department, as well as his own words when he said, they always get away. So premeditation was definitely a factor, Dominique. But uh, I mean, my question is this Will the investigators look at the possibility of premeditation when and if Mr. Zimmerman is ever indicted and brought into the system? And I'll take your answer up there.
5: Great Question, Jeff? Um, looking at the investigation, again, you have to look at the totality of everything. You got to look at um, um, what uh, George Zimmerman did. Uh, obviously, he was following a tribon. And he was told by dispatch to stand down. He didn't stand down. So, uh, again, I'm not an attorney, but, you know, that that shows that his intent was to pursue this individual. Now, what happened at the, uh, from the time uh, he made contact with him, um, the, the statements or states that Javon uh, stated, why are you following me? Uh, when he was on the phone with his girlfriend, and um, uh, the girlfriend is a percipient witness to, to, uh, you know, almost to the shooting um and um, that, that's that, that's very important. So you got to bring everything together in total to the to the to the uh, page. Then you got to look at the forensic aspect of the case. Was um, was uh, Javon shot in the back? Was he shot in the in the in the in the front? Um, um, how many times was he shot? Um, uh, do gunshot analysis. Was 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 it uh, was the shot close? Was it far away? All these things are important. You do have to do a trajectory analysis where the shell casing or casings land uh, and, and the trajectory, or uh, of, of how the bullet entered the body, or the bullets entered the body—all that's important to show where uh, George Zimmerman was. The third thing, is also, is the um, um, getting the uh, witness statements. Critical, critical, critical. Um, and that um, I did not—I saw in the preliminary report that witnesses were interviewed. I uh, did not see what their statements were. Well, that's very critical for the investigators to do his or her job,
2: Jeff. I hope that th- that they do because I don't. Why are you sitting in your car with a gun? Why are you just sitting there in your car with a gun? What did you go there to do? You, uh, to me, it, it just you know it reeks of it reeks of a pattern in practice. This guy's called <laughs> the cops forty some times in a year, and now he's sitting out there. With a gun waiting for a black man. That's how I see it. That's my subjective analysis as a mother. It's 5.55 in the morning. Almost time to pass the microphone to um, Mr. Steve Harvey. But we are going to be covering Trayvon Martin all week here. We have lots of guests from Florida. We have reporters on the ground. We have lawmakers. We have activists. And, uh, you know, don't believe the hype. If you want to know what's going on with black people, you ask black people. Yeah, I said it. I don't care what the L.A. Times says, all right? If you want to know what we are doing, ask yourself, and we are you, okay? It's Radio Free 102.3 KJLA. Didn't nobody suddenly become an expert on being you? I don't think so. 5.56 5.56 in the morning. So many callers. If you don't get through today, please call me tomorrow. Hot Topic Tuesday. We're going to be open phones all day long. Tamara from L.A., can you give me the short version, please? Yeah, hi. hi. Thanks for taking my call, Dominique.
9: Every time I hear that tape and that child crying, I cry. But, however, when I was in law school and I would go get tapes at uh the store, this guy was playing a word game on me, and I knew it. And I told him this day, I'm going to raise the roof off this thing. You better go get your boss. Well, the boss came, told him you better take me in the back room. He told me about this book, Black and White Conflicts. And he said, yes, you're playing a word game. In this book, it shows okay, they Tamara. made a study on us, how we stood, we walked, etc. We must start teaching our children about racism and how it affects us, etc.
2: Thank you, Tamara. That's a great, great point. I, uh, I think of um, Neely Fuller and his books um, takes on those things as well. It's 5.57 in the morning, Radio Free 102.3 KJLH. It's time for us to go um, uh, Mr. Tim Williams, what would you leave us with this morning, quickly?
5: Well, again, as we, as you as we get involved in, in Chabon uh, Martin's case, remember that one thing is important paramount is a thorough and critical investigation. Obviously, Sanford Police Department did not do that. Uh, the, the, um, the the U.S. Dep- uh, justice Department is involved now, and um, hopefully, we will see some justice being done. So find out the investigations. Find out what happened.
2: Find out more about what Mr. Williams is doing at. T.T.WilliamsPI.com, T.T.WilliamsPI for private com. And uh, we'll, they'll have that linked at KJLHradio.com. Mr. Muhammad, what would you leave us with this morning?
6: I would just say is that for those that are standing up as we, I just look back just from 2005, from Hurricane Katrina to Troy Davis to Oscar Grant to Sean Bell, all of these we have to always understand when we get involved in these type of things that there's a difference between a movement and a moment. And once we realize that, we'll make a whole lot more progress. Uh,
2: you can reach Jesse Muhammad on Twitter at Brother Jesse. He's at uh, Jesse at gmail dot com. Again, we'll have that posted at KGLH Radio uh, dot com as well. Jesse Muhammad, thank you so much. Thank you. And I want to uh, tell you, uh, KTLA TV stopped by here today. You may see us on there today. Um, check them out. And I want to thank Jasmine Kanick, um, the return of our. Of our uh, one of our former crew members here, Jasmine Mechanic, doing great work with Black Media Alliance, but also helping me put together this week of programming on Trayvon Martin, and uh, we thank her for that. Along with our front page team, uh, Brenda, Abby, and uh, Shavon, thank you guys, great job. Today there is another march, Million Hoodie March in L.A. It's today. It's at Pershing Square, which is 5th and Hill, downtown Los Angeles. A lot of organizations behind this one. A gathering starts at 4. The march will be at 6. The NAACP, the SCLC, the answer, LA Answer Coalition, um, Korean Immigrant Workers Alliance, and many, many more, the Trinity Family of Churches, Bishop Noel Jones, City of Refuge. A lot of folks coming together um, again today, 4 o'clock, downtown Los Angeles, marching Or Trayvon Martin. Time to go. Steve Harvey has the mic. If you didn't get through, please call me tomorrow. Um, As you go on your way about your day, let's take a moment for a quick affirmation. Let's take a deep breath in and let us release. Today I ask that the truth be revealed to me. Truth is eternal. Truth is the essence of my soul. Truth is a universal intelligence that knows exactly what I must do in every situation. The truth is never changes. Till next time, Radio Free Family, be well. One love.